Hello and welcome to the Fire Up Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Trapin. I'm so thrilled to share a new mini-series here on the podcast called Spill the Tea. Join Molly McKinley and me for conversations about being intentional and confident in uncertain times and beyond. Molly is the CEO of Intentionalities and host of the Afternoon Tea Podcast. So in honor of our shared love of tea, pull out your sassiest teacup, brew your favorite tea blend, snuggle into your coziest spot, and listen in on this hour of togetherness. Get ready to hear us sharing ideas too, best practices around, and of course, highlighting our favorite people, brands, and initiatives, positively serving humanity, and sprinkling joy over their slice of the galaxy. Without further ado, let's spill the tea. Hello world, it's Tuesday, hooray, hurrah. It is, um, it is full on rainy season here in Seattle. How, like when I look out the window, I literally get up like a little kid on Christmas. I'm like, is it raining? I love the rain. Yes, I love the rain. I do have to switch up my exercise program now, though, because Lizzie does not care to go for an hour walk in the rain. Yeah. And really, neither do I. I mean, a little bit, some puddles splashing, but an hour in it, eh, not every day. Um, how's it How's it out there? I mean, I feel like there's torrential storms and floods and hurricanes and all sorts of stuff <laughs> happening out there. Yes. Um, it's beautiful today. And actually last night with the meteor shower, um, our sky was like perfectly clear. Um, mm-hmm. We didn't really see it. Um, it wasn't happening before we went to bed. And then when we woke up, um, Stacy actually peeked outside and it was cloudy. So we didn't get to see it. But I mean, it's it's beautiful. It's chilly. It feels like fall here. The, the leaves are all turning. Um, yeah, it's kind of perfect weather, actually. This is my favorite weather where you're in sweaters um, and it's toasty, but, you know, it's gorgeous outside with all of the color. So, yes, yes. But we have had a lot of rain. And um, so the farm right now is pretty soggy and it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. I don't know if I would really like the sogginess of the farm. I mean, unless I had a really good like hunter boots on. Oh yeah. You have to have boots on outside. <laughs> then I'd be like, all right, that's fine. Yeah. It's, it's all about, I can't, somebody just said this recently and I honest to goodness can't remember who it was, but I feel like she was t- sharing something Maybe it was Lacey at Carta's Winery where she was like, my gram said there's never bad weather, only bad gear. That's 100% accurate. And I, and I loved that. I love that. I mean, we all we love mindset shifts around here, period. But I really love that because I'm, I always find it a, a little bit sad when I meet people who live near me who hate this weather. Yeah, I, I don't understand. It's like, if you hate it, really, why do you stay? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, I get that there's sometimes it's families or jobs, but it can't be that many people. I think people just get into the habit of complaining about the weather. Uh, or it's just not properly dressed for it, right? I mean, I think that's the same thing with cold weather and snow. It's like, if you actually have the right shoes and the hat and you actually are comfortable, then, you know, it's it doesn't really, you know. Yes. And I love all of those things. You know that. Boots, berets, big scarves. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm-mm. We, uh, Drew and I went out of town last week, as everybody knows if they watched the show on Tuesday. Um, and it was wonderful. We had every kind of weather. We had sun, we had rain, we had snow. It was awesome. 
It was so great. It, I got to wear all of the different layers. Mm, it was wonderful. And it's so fun to wake up and look out and see water. I know that that's got to be, if it, if it can't be next, then it's got to be the one after that. Yeah, I love that. You know, there's just something so serene about it. So, yes. Ew. Well, we don't, we're not any more certain about what's happening in our government. So let's talk about what we know is important to all of us. And that is breath and life. So do you have a fun breathing exercise for us today? I do. And again, this is, I think, one of the important breaths that we need to not just practice, but master. Um, and so we're going to do the breath that um, it's a focused breathing where we're focused first on our nose and we can feel um, the, the breathing in our nose, the presence breath. And then we're going to be breathing, um, making that connection from our heart to our mind. So basically, essentially visualizing as we breathe in, you know, expanding the lungs and opening sort of the heart. And then as we exhale, we're bringing it into our mind and then just creating this beautiful connection of breath from heart to mind. And um, yeah, doing that, um, you know, so that we have that clear intent um, from our heart work into our mind. So let's find that comfortable seat. Maybe a exhale, big exhale, sort of a clearing and a cleansing breath. Now bring that awareness to the very tip of the nose and feel the air entering and leaving the nose first. And now as you breathe in, really imagine pulling that breath into the center of the chest. And then exhale, sending it up to the space between the brow, the mind's eye. Inhale down to the heart. Exhale, pressing the breath into the space between the brow. Inhale to the heart. Exhale to the mind. Big breath into the heart. And exhale to the mouth, releasing, sending it to the, earth, the world. Go off. Be gone. <laughs> I love it. I love that. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, it's really important for women, especially as we're starting to cultivate our intuition, right? And learning to discern between head and heart and uh, integrating the two. So. Mm, it's so good. You know, I, one of the things uh, when I was making my tea this morning, I was remembering, I actually brewed my a first cup because I couldn't wait for the pot. <laughs> do you ever do that? No, I love that you do. <laughs> I'm, because I'm, I'm sipping in uh, equality. Oh, good. Today. I needed a little zing. I didn't have coffee first thing this morning. I was like, ooh, I'm going to have some equality. And this is the intentionalities. Wow, that's got that little zing of peach in the green tea. It's so good. It's so good. And I also have my my yummy, like full pot. I am set. I'm set for that. Is next funny because <laughs> <laughs> it's just there's something about today where I was like, it is going to be a full pot and a cup. And I have not switched from using this really sassy mug for a couple of weeks because she makes me makes me giggle for those of you who haven't seen the back um it says i'm mostly peace love and light and the little go and i say find yourself because you know gotta be clean for the kids but... <laughs> uh, and it 
brings me such, it brings me giggles and it's reminding me, you know, one of the things that we are going to talk about today is uh, about self-care in the different ways. And this mug reminds me of, to do self-care <laughs> because look at how cute she is just sitting there. In her what's in your, what's in your cup? I have this beautiful little um, wellness tea today. Um, and I have it in my Oopsie doodle, you stopped there for a second, but oh my goodness, look at that beautiful cup. Yeah, and the um, the saucer is really beautiful too. Um, yeah, so this is, um, actually, I wanna share this because a lot of times people are like, how do you even, um, you know, the loose leaf tea? So you can buy these little like re reusable um, packets for loose leaf tea, this is another great way. And I'll just make a little ball of the herbs and then I can just keep pouring water on this, actually getting like, you know, at least four, five, six steeps out of just one tiny little teaspoon. Um, so the herbs really go a long way. So you can do it like you breathe, breathe, brew the entire pot or just these little packets are great too. Um, so, and this is all compostable and all that good stuff, so. Lander, um, I don't know if you remember the scene, but it was when Clara came back and she was actually um, with her first husband and yep. he was like, what is it with Americans putting tea in diapers? In diapers, yes, I remember that very well because I laughed out loud. Yeah, normally I, I laughed too and I thought, oh, but darn it, I need a new visual because now when I bring out a tea bag, I'm like, oh, it's not a diaper, but it's what I think about and think about a diaper. So if there's some magical, beautiful, divine word that you use, like a, maybe like a sachet, yeah, that's that sounds fancier for sure. doesn't it it's and it sounds much more scrumptious than diaper <laughs> i totally agree my favorite and i don't have it with me it's at home is actually the pot and it just has a, a drop in like the metal container so i infuse it that way yes and then there's no waste it's reusable all of it but today i took that home with me for some reason and um i have the um the metal um infuser balls and then i have these little diapers um i'm just using that today but lots of good ways to to get the goodness out of the herbs, so. I love that. Well, and it's such a fun way, you know, I, I've i started, as I see like the, my basil plant going down for the season, mm -hmm. I'm trying to pick it all and dry it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> More so than ever. I don't, I, you know, I think it's just as part of this year has really been, okay, let's slow down. What can we do with that? Let's not like, what else? What else? What else? And stems and everything, right? I mean, it all has a delicious flavor. I'm, I'm loving that. And I think that, you know, between our conversations this year since March and Drew and actually reconnected with a woman who we worked with at Cisco, which is where we met. Oh. And so we reconnected with Lisa. I, he did, I think it was probably like on a LinkedIn post because they're both still recruiters. She's at Apple down in uh, California. And so we did this Zoom like four or five weeks ago, just at the end of the day, had a couple cocktails, laughed our butts off because like, we, we've known each other for 20 years, right? Yeah. But we just haven't kept in touch over those 20 years. And we've kept connected on social media. But yeah, I mean, we all have people like that. Anyways, it was so easy because it was like no time had passed. I love that. Right. I love friends like that. I love friends who the first time you see them after a long time, they're not like, well, geez, great. It's, you know, obviously I don't mean a lot to you. Like who just literally flow right into where you used to be. Yeah, right. I don't have those people in my life anymore. What's that? Oh, I the, don't have those people in my life anymore. I really don't. Yeah. The, well, it's, what's the point? 
Like yeah. what's the point of going to that? Anyways, I digress. We jumped right back in. And you know, when Andrew and I first met, when we were working together, he was in a different line of business at Cisco, but we were both executive recruiters. And so we kept our relationship secret for six months at work. Like we didn't tell anyone. And so like when we finally did and shared that we were together, people were in shock. They were like, what? because <laughs> we kept it so quiet. And so we kind of giggled about that, but she's actually also gotten into gardening over the years. Wow. And she lives in Willow Glen. I don't know if, if you've ever been to that area, but it's like a little, uh, it's a quaint little town just outside of San Jose and oh. her backyard. I mean, just beautiful. It, re it reminded me of, if you actually had a small yard, your yard would probably look like that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, yeah. you don't. <laughs> and she was just talking about like how she's really gotten into even like doing the seedlings inside in her kitchen and then bringing them out and do it. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, oh, like, this is such a beautiful way to, to give yourself the gift of self-care and sustainable food resource. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's so funny that you're saying that right now, because um, right now my garden, I have my, you know, the last, you know, before winter and I've got um, tons of lettuces, radish, um, parsnips, peppers, green peppers, green beans. And mm. then this year was, um, as part of my commitment to the teas, um, grew a ton of different herbs and um, some medicinal herbs and some ancient herbs, um, just so that I could watch them go from seed to plant and really feel like I had a relationship with the plant material that we're putting in our teas. Um, and that has been an absolute delight. And so we have, you know, dried herbs all over the kitchen and they're, I think it's beautiful. And, you know, we're not only making teas, but we're making tinctures, um, and just creating this little apothecary based on plants. And I just, um, it's like such a beautiful thing that I, it's so, um, personally fulfilling, um, to see something go from a seed into something that is a medicine or, uh, you know, or a tea or I don't know. I just, it, it's crazy what those little things, how rewarding they actually are, you know? Absolutely. Have you downloaded or listened to Cersei yet? Oh I, yeah, I totally um, listened to it. It was lovely. <laughs> Did you consume it? Wasn't her, wasn't the, the uh, narrator's voice amazing? I totally loved it. Yes. I, I was kind of um, obsessed a little bit. Um, and actually there was a line in the book that sung to me where she was talking about, um, and I ran out to my garden as soon as like I heard this, but she was saying how she listens to the sound of the plant, like she holds it yes, and, and listens to how the plant wants to be revered. And, um, I you would love practicing that. And honestly, like, I swear I couldn't hear the plant it, like, yeah. vibration or something. I don't know how to describe it. It's so weird, but I'm like that, that sung to me. So yes, thank you for that. I forgot to tell you that. I'm so glad that you had a chance to listen to it. I, I, I finally, like I was doling the last few chapters out. Cause I was like, it's always a sad thing at the end of a book, right? Yeah. Um, and I love how it ended because it really wove so many things into the book. Like I wasn't sad actually when it ended. And that's rare for me. Usually I have this like longing. It's like when a beloved show ends, I'm like, but what about my characters? You know, like, where will they go? Yeah. <laughs> what will they do? Um, but yeah, her her stories of learning the, the art of, uh, you know, pharmaca and... Right. And really getting to know herself along that journey is, is something that I really do see popping up for a lot of the, you know, wild women in, in our lives. But even outside, you know, when I start searching 
hashtags on places like Instagram. I start, I'm seeing it and there's this, and I'm not sure it would have happened without this year. I, I don't know if it, and it would have still happened, but I don't know if it would have happened so strongly and, and so succinctly. Oh, I totally like, agree. I mean, and for me, like this idea that keeps recurring is this idea of the rewilding, you know, and how the domestication yes. of things is actually um, what is sort of like taking away our power um, or our connection because we're then pleasing instead of listening. Um, and actually, I was just listening to a really cool um, uh, video yesterday by um, it's uh, Juan Miguel Ruiz. He's the author of the Four Agreements. Yes. And he has a fifth agreement out now um, that is really about, you know, stop pleasing and, you know, be a radical um, skeptic, if you will, um, about the way that this, you know, we're, we're basically living to please. And it's about the rewilding of things. Um, so anyway, I just think that is just such a beautiful thing. And again, the rewilding is, is about, and, and I, and this is particularly, um, on my heart because I have a senior and, you know, my kids are like really struggling with virtual school, everything mm -hmm. from just mentally being like totally bored to not learning anything. And then, you know, what's the long-term implications of that, you know, cause I keep trying to rem remind them, you know, it's to instill a love of learning, right. Is the, is the true aim here. Cause I don't really recall anything from high school. I don't, I guess I don't even know what I don't recall. Right. Or it's just, I don't know how much stuck, um, <laughs> you know, like, but it's that love of learning and the curiosity and sort of now I'm like, a, you know, like just being a forever student, but my kids don't have that, you know, they don't really read books. Everything's online. They're bored sick. And I don't know. I just, um, so that whole idea of the rewilding for them and not just trying to be that straight, narrow, good student. Cause I, I don't know. It's, I don't quite have my thoughts around it yet. I just kind of see it all sort of being a part of this thing where like the system's broken. Yeah. I, well, and I think that there's there, I've, I've heard a few different versions of this, right? So yeah. our friend Courtney Polis, who's kind of living between Florida and California right now, she was, she was sharing something similar in that, you know, her son is forcing is forced to sit in front of his computer for like eight hours a day mm -hmm. and he's not learning anything because his brain is like there's no way i mean we yeah. as adults who have fully formed brains cannot even sit and learn for eight hours in if a day if it's a two-day conference let alone five days a week and that um that there's this disconnect, right? Because he's he's not not getting what he needs to get in order to do the homework. So he's not doing the homework, which is then, of course, she's getting the call saying, you know, why isn't your son doing his homework? Or he's not getting as good a good of grades. And she's like, well, he's not understanding what you're saying. And it's not my job to teach him what you just taught him. It's like, is there not a different way, right? Yeah. And and then it swings all the way to the other side of of friends and who went who were homeschooled or who do homeschool who are like why haven't they just implemented the homeschool process? Yeah, <laughs> like, except who's supposed to do it? Like, like that's the thing is like, cause I've been in a lot of conferences with the teachers because my, you know, my kids aren't performing and um, in this kind of environment. And it's like, you know, I also am trying to run a business, you know, and it's really hard to like, you can't be a teacher and try to do all the, I, it's very, it's a tricky moment. Cause like the homeschooling works when you have a dedicated teacher. Right. Well, the, the thing is, is that there is a hybrid, right, where the teacher is the one that is putting together the pro, you know, the the curriculum. Right. They're putting together yeah. the curriculum, but they're in a homeschool world. They're only doing three or four hours a day. 
And, yeah, and, and there's, they, they have that, but they aren't doing the work. I mean, because there's no engagement, right? They're, they're just kind of on their own. Yeah. yeah. So my kids are like, oh, we don't have anything. We're done. And then it's like, they're not doing that thing. And then they don't have anybody policing them. Yeah, it you know? is. It's the accountability part, I think, especially because your kids yeah. are older, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like Courtney's son is younger than your kids. And so like, there's the, he's, he's likely not even saying, Hey mom, I don't get this. He's just like, whatever, kind of listening, dozing off, whatever. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, what am I supposed to know? Like, I mean, it's, there has to be, there is a better way. It's just, how do we figure out how to keep our teachers employed, keep our parents working and, you know, keeping the kids still plugged in. I love how you're looking at it. Like keep, keep them in this love affair with learning. Right. And, and understanding that what they're going to learn, what they were going to learn anyways, isn't something that they were likely going to remember when they were in their thirties, forties or fifties. Anyways. I mean, I remember my teachers more than I remember my subjects. Oh, I totally agree with you. <laughs> like, I oh, have totally. awesome well, I mean, it really wasn't for me in terms of college where I started actually remembering the content, you know, or being interested in any kind of subject matter. Yep. I just keep just like, I don't know, my, my, I'm like, just get through this. You know, this is about time management at this point. Um, you know, we've had to hire a bunch of tutors because they're not able to sort of sit there and process in the current environment. So the one-on-one -on -one is helping. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's been a little bit of a nightmare um, actually. So, and you, you couple in, senioritis on top of it. Um, mm. you know, so senioritis. Wow. Yeah, for sure. It's I mean, good. they're in the, like the final countdown. So I, yeah, I, I mean, I really do hope that there is some sort of re uh, resolution with this. I see Sarah's, um, with us today and, and her kids, it's hard for them too. I mean, they're remote schooling. I mean, the, the beauty of, of what I see in Sarah's home is like her daughter, Jules is such a creative. She's, she's divinely dramatic and creative. And so she's like doing dances and they're all doing like plays. And, and so they're, they're plugging into this kind of playful side of, of learning, right? Like she's not learning something from the book, but she's learning dance moves or like yeah. creating something out of bubble wrap and a shower curtain. I mean, Oh, wow. yeah, that's amazing. And that is not happening at my house. <laughs> and so you think like, is there, because there might not be Molly, but is there something that is not so like right brain for your kids right now? What is it that they love it, you know, it, or have they not found it yet? Like, is there some kind of music or gardening or art or some sort of creative thing that you can just plug into their world? Because like, I feel like that's part of this and part of the conversation today, right, is the soul tank is that we've all been forced, literally forced to shift our lives. And so what we used to have and, and if high school is anything like it was for me, my friends were a very large part of that. That's unfortunately it. I mean, like, that's where my kids want to be. They just want to be with friends and hanging out. And, you know, the, the fact that the COVID numbers are starting to really rise we need to give that some serious um, consideration of like, do we have like little pods? What do we do? Because, you know, for us, we're lucky that we have our um, fire pit, you know, that the kids can actually go back there and have safe distancing and still have social interaction around the fire. Yeah. Um, and they can do that even in like, you know, the winter weather um, because it's cool out there. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, that that's the problem I think with the teenagers is that that ship, you know, we kind of get our creative outlet as a family cooking. And we cook a lot of meals together and the kids are excellent bakers and they'll, they'll do shopping and cooking and that kind of thing. Um, but other than that, the, the kids want to be with their friends. Um, and you know, it's a real challenge sort of 
you know, I mean, I don't know. It, it is a challenge. I'm, I'm not going to lie. You know? Yeah, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, the beauty is that we're going into the holiday season. So there are a lot of opportunities to bake and create and, you know, cook special meals. And, you know, depending on what is happening with the other kids, what their passions are, you know, maybe, maybe that's part of it. Maybe they start to learn how to um, entertain, how to host a, a, a proper party. Yeah. Right. When they're coming together and somebody's yeah. in charge of an appetizer and it has to be something they've ever made before. Like that's kind of what I'm saying is, is, is yeah. getting out of the, the, it has to be, you know, reading, writing or arithmetic in order for it to be school and say like, what are some of the hard skills that I wish I would have learned? And yeah. I was having a back and forth with Heather Fink, our sexiest beauty, bestie now. And uh, she was telling me like, so her 12 year old is learning mindfulness. And so they practice mindfulness last night. She's like, I we just didn't that. learn that. And so like looking at the things that we, we now as adults in our forties and fifties are like, man, it really would have been amazing. Oh, if yeah. I had learned this then, like, I think, you know, just a shameless plug, like my book, taking kids through their core values exercises, they're learning really what their soul tank is and, and inviting them into, you know, taking daily soul session time and, and building that list now, um, even going through the process of uncovering what their purpose is, right? Uh -huh. what, what is it? Because we, I, now that I've gone through it, I can see it as a four-year-old. Oh, yeah. I can see it as a 14 year old and as a 24 year old and a 34 year old. And so like, I think that there's a lot of things that we can invite our children into now that we didn't have access to because things were so different. And, and that's, I, I mean, I hope that brings people some sense of hope, right? Because we, I do hear it's parents are frustrated. They're exhausted. And, and, and I, you know, I, I see it and I hear it with you. I see it and I hear it with Sarah. And like I said, several of my other friends, they're, they're simply frustrated, uh, you know, and it's not only for their kids, it's for themselves. Like my friends with little kids, like little kids yeah. are like, I'm an IT person now. Like all I'm doing all day is fixing a computer and mom, I can't hear it. And oops, I hit the wrong button. And yeah, like, that. thank God. Uh, right. And so, so there are some beautiful things. There are some, some upsides to having the older kids. It's just, what can you teach them outside of their curriculum that maybe will, will create something exciting for them? Like, does everyone have their core values written down in your home? Yeah. You know, it's so funny. Um, no, we don't. So that is something we can absolutely do. And this is the perfect time of year to incorporate that stuff because we do sort of move into reflection mode. We we do have not necessarily resolutions, but we have intentions about what is important to us in the coming year and how do we want to grow or what do we want to learn or if we want to learn a new skill or or something. And I, I, I keep a little, um, I write all of those things for each person in our journal. And then we um, go back and read it and say, oh, well, actually we, we accomplished a lot this year or we did this or we didn't do that or whatever, just to kind of be accountable, but um, you know, I taught yoga for in schools for a long, long time um, when my kids were little. And now um, every year I teach a, a certification program for children's yoga teachers. But mm. um, there is always one or two kids who was in the class who was just absolutely operating in a different place than the other kids of just immediately understanding meditation and mindfulness and like their eyes it was just like the thing that they were looking for or needed a framework or container for right because they already had it in them yeah um and so i think like as parents like having more access to your kids you know knowing if that you know if that's something that will fill that cup versus something that you'll have to introduce to them slowly um, right right you know? and 
yeah, I mean, I think there is, you know, like my kids, that wasn't something that they were just naturally gravitating toward. Um, you know, so we applied mindfulness for my youngest son because he's a hockey goalie and he has to be able to get out of his head. Right. Yeah. So it's yeah, like yeah. We, we frame things in that conversation like, hey, you don't want here's how you can maintain focus and vision, without, <laughs> you know, getting letting players get in your head or being able to like shake off um, when you're having a couple of when you when a goal came in. Right. Yeah. Um, and then with, you know, my older kids, you know, it's also sort of discerning this difference between external simulation and, and fulfillment versus internal fulfillment. Um, yes. The idea of being lonely versus alone. Mm. is a conversation that we're having a lot of right now. Um, and, you know, using that loneliness as a trigger to go inside and to get to know yourself, right, for true happiness and fulfillment instead of always seeking that external stimulus, which right. teens really do. That's really where they fill their cup is with their peers. Um, yes. And that's something that we as adults, right, whether we are actually the parents or the wild aunties, like this is the time where coming together and um, helping them see that that actually isn't the way to fill their cup alone, right? Like that yeah. there, we need to expand because what I've, I, I've seen it happen so many times with the, the children in my world is that they get so attached to their friends that there is this like devastation moment, like friends go off to college. Like there's so many things that are going to happen in the next few years, especially for your teenage kids that it's like, if you can bring them all into, into that relationship with themselves. And I'll tell you, uh, you know, whether it's me working with Sarah and her team or other clients and their kids or their teams at work, even simply going through the core values exercise and understanding what the values of everyone under your roof are, it helps you see them in a different way. It helps you filter their reactions to things. If if you, oops, we lost your video. Um, if you, it, it, when you know someone uh, that someone values adventure and you're getting ready to tell them that this hike that's coming is going to be canceled, you know that their reaction is going to be different than the person who prefers loan time in front of the fireplace. Um, <clears throat> hey, Molly, are you there still? We can't see you. <laughs> Let me see if I can if I can bring her back, everyone. Uh, and of course, you know, I can fill the space because I can talk. So for those of you who haven't gone through the core values exercise, either for yourself or with your spouse or partner or with your kids or with your team, I dropped a link into the comments below and it's like, you can download it for free, download that for free, see how you, see how you like that, see the difference, right? Um, and if you haven't gone through it yourself, or it's been a long time since you've gone through it, uh, now is the time, you know, similar to what Molly's saying, you know, I don't know how the weather is where you are, but for me, it's like dark at 4.30, like dark. The day, the, the day is very short. And so I feel like it's almost like 10 o'clock at 4.30 in the afternoon. And so if I, if I had kids or for those of us who have kids, um, having something that isn't, you know, work or school related that you can look forward to in the evenings, like looking through your core values and not only defining them, but inside the book, there's actually a whole process that I teach humans to go through. And it's, it, what's fun about it is once you actually have that list, that you, you have the ability to breathe life into each word, right? What I found when I first started doing core value exercises with 
uh, entrepreneurs and real estate agents is that they would get their list and they'd be so excited, right? They would be so excited that they had their list of 11 words. And then I'd check in with them in six months and they had put it away. They'd filed it away. They hadn't looked at it lately. And so I added a couple of other things. One is a nightly check-in and y'all know my love of 11. So, so basically what I, what I implemented first was 11 weeks of, um, just coming back, 11 weeks of nightly check-ins. So it's this whole fun spreadsheet that allows you to, um, yay, you're back. That allows you to, to put each one of your words down on one side. And then at night, just ask yourself, which words did I honor and which words did I ignore? And, um, the beauty is, is that when you do this for several weeks, right? I mean, this is, you're talking about your, your, the core values of your life. And so it takes you through 11 day, 11, excuse me, 11 weeks of doing that. So it's 77 days, which constitutes building a habit. So by the end of going through this exercise with your core values, you actually have created a habit of checking in with yourself every day and asking yourself, which values have I honored? And you start to see things and, in. in Molly, I'm, I'm sharing some of the things that I do with inside the book that are that help to support the core value words, because a lot of people go through and they know what their values are, but that's it. They're yeah. like, yes, I value family and faith and integrity. And that's where they leave it. Yeah. And so this process of this nightly check in and it could be a morning on, you know, over coffee check in just once a day for these 11 weeks is you see there are some words that you never honor. You never check. And those are that allows you to go back and say, why did I choose this word? Is this word a, a word someone else spoke over me? Is it a word that I really love, but I don't actually live by? Mm -hmm. uh, and I see that a lot with, and this is going to sound freaky, but I see it a lot with the word family. Mm. And, and people actually realize it's actually not family they value, they value relationships. Mm. And so they can, you can start to sh shift your words around when you do this honoring on a daily basis of reviewing the words that you've chosen. And so once, once you kind of go through that process, then the next step is writing a fire up statement for each one that basically gives it life, right? Instead of saying, I, you know, I value well-being. Well, wh what does that mean? That means something very different to me than it does to you, than it would to Amita or Sarah or Stacy. And, and so it gives you the opportunity to say, all right, now that I know these are my words, how will I see them in my life every day? And there's a really fun formula that you go through, like, what is the word? What are some activities that would honor that word? Who yes. are the people who will help me honor that word? Yes. Right? What, you're, what you're starting to get into now is the critical aspect of manifesting and that specificity. Yes. Right. Yes. You can't really manifest well-being, right? Because what are you sending to the universe in terms of well-being? Yes. But when you like are seeing and picturing the people of what well-being looks like and who you're linking arms with and how you feel and what you look and how you're walking and all of those things, that's then you start to create a vision. Yes. And that's where it happens. Exactly. And, and you can, you create a vision and it also helps you recognize when you're succeeding it, it, so that you can actually slow down and celebrate. So for me, when I, when I first wrote out my fire statement around well-being, yeah. it was, I, I will honor my value of well-being by drinking more water, taking more walks, slowing down and meditating and stretching every day mm -hmm. so that I feel energized and flexible in my graceful old age. Mm -hmm. And and so for me, I started with this kind of like the person I was spending the time with to get it done was me. 
Mm -hmm. Like these are the things that I'm going to do. And then the second phase of that was really like, I'm going to share more time with Andrew taking walks with the dog. I will drink more tea in the afternoon than coffee, right? Like, and so your fire up statement can change and support those value words. But I'll tell you, it's very rare as adults that your core values change. Sometimes they shift, right? So, so you might value um, healthy living. It might be like an eight or nine on your list in your thirties, but you have a heart attack. Your lover has a heart attack. Your, your kid, you know, is diagnosed with something and you're like, whoa, mm -hmm. like that shoots up into top five immediately. Mm -hmm. And so the, they, they might shift in priority, but they usually stay, the core of them is pretty consistent. And so you can have a, a love affair with the words your whole life. You yeah. know, I don't set goals like January goals either. I, I have, like, my life is my life. I am not, I'm not <laughs> commanded by a calendar. All right. Yeah. Uh, however, I do love December and January for slowing down and saying, what do I want more of? What do I want less of? Like what, where do my value words, uh, you know, what, what were the, those statements around them last year and, and have it, has it changed? And some years it hasn't. And some years it, it hasn't because I fulfilled it. And some years it hasn't because man, did I let that value slip. Hmm. And instead of having a shame on me party, it's like, all right, I'm paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> like that's a win. And so I could totally see this for you and your kids and Stacy and like the comp how the conversations could become more values based. Right. And, and the decisions that you make and the conversations that you have with your kids when things are shifting outside of what their norm is, you can wrap those words in values aligned terminology. Right. Um, I, I gave an example as you were off as it's like if you've got an adventurous kiddo. Like the, the kid who's like up in the morning, throws on his clothes and out the door, right? Yeah. If you've got a child like that, they're going stir crazy because they yeah. value adventure and freedom. Yeah. And so how do you, you have to be able as, as an adult who's responsible for their mental health right now, you have to find other ways to That's feed it. those values. And if you have no idea and you just think, oh my gosh, it's a wild child. If you don't actually see that it's connected to a value, it can be easy to just sh shrug it off and go, boys will be boys. Their energy is off the charts. It's like, well, actually, like, <laughs> so I'd love to, I hope, I hope that you and Stacey do decide to do this with the kids. Cause I, and I would love to help in any way. I mean, obviously, yeah, I love it. Well, especially cause Thanksgiving this year already, we do our rose and thorns every night at dinner, you know, and um, you know, that's sort of that, like the thing you're grateful for, the thing that, uh, excuse me, the thing, the best part of your day, the worst part of your day, the thing that you're looking forward to and the thing that you are grateful for, those are the four things. And, yes. um, I that. but I think tying that tying a value into this is great, especially because we can have those conversations at Thanksgiving because they're already poo-pooing the idea that we aren't going to be with family, you know, that, you know, all the plans are, you know, yep. put to bed for this year. And, um, so finding a way to make it special and different, I think is a beautiful way, um, to incorporate this into the conversation. The one thing I did want to talk about with self-care too is reminding, because we've been talking a lot about the kids right now, is teaching them good self-care habits. You know, in that language of self-care, um, understanding the mental um, struggles that they have. You know, for, for my kids, like they are now sort of adopting some of our self-care rituals of sipping oh. tea at night and um, taking baths and lighting the candles, you know, and setting the stage in the bath, you know, as it's not just about, you know, going in and washing your hair and getting in and getting out, but it's like, you know, you're feeling stressed out. Do you need to, why don't you go have a soak, you know, and 
you know, sort of starting to shift those conversations, even with them understanding that, um, you know, fortunately my kids are pretty verbal about it. Like they're like, oh, I'm feeling terrible right now, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> but like, well, so then good. what are the strategies then for that, you know? And, um, well, yeah. and in your world, I mean, you, you're you doing a lot of learning around herbs and like the flora and fauna. Right? Yes. And yes. so there's, there's ways that you can bring newness to the conversation as well that are related to you learning what you're in a cycle of learning right now, right? Yeah. So, so if we tie it back to self-care for most of us is a, a lifelong learning, that like yeah. learning is part of our self-care, right? Uh, I didn't say this earlier, but I because I was so thrilled on the, the affirmation post this week that all of the self-care was related to truly soul care. It wasn't about, oh, I went and got a manicure and a pedicure. Like, oh, I paid someone to, to massage me. Like, it wasn't only those things, right? It was like, I took a walk. I looked at the moon. <laughs> and, and I think it's so important for us to remember that we kind of got into a cycle where self-care was something that we checked off a list. It was, it was considered, you know, a hundred dollar facial, a $200 massage, a $50 manicure, pedicure experience, hundreds and thousands of dollars a year. We were told this is what self-care is. And it's not, I mean, that's body care. Yes. Like that's, that's, a that's small S. Yes. Small S self. And we're talking about capital S self, right? Yes. Yes. Capital. And, and the, this, you know, as we're as we're getting into the second deeper round of of editing inside your book, inside the Moxie on Fire affirmations, it's really interesting to see uh, see it through that lens. Yeah. What what would have been published last year is different than what have been published for both of us. Now. Oh my gosh, a hundred percent. Well, and speaking of which, you know, one of the things that you know, I I do joke. I always say that I'm a Bassley, and I and I fundamentally. Yes. <laughs> I loved that. Right. I mean, I, I actually like I challenge anybody to like tackle my um my bath ritual because uh, I do like shaman's baths and stuff and they're super delightful. But anyway, um, this pod I floated and yes, um, yes it's and it was like all the salt, magnesium salts and and floating. And um, I really expected to go in there because I have such a creative mind, um, you know, to have like all kinds of color and you know, images and all kinds of things happening, but I didn't. It was the exact opposite experience. I had an empty experience, which Buddhism, you know, we're like the empty vesicle, empty vessel. Um, and I felt so deeply nourished and relaxed afterward that, you know, it did remind me of, um, again, like how emptiness is actually the state of nourishment. Um, yeah. Yes. And that's what I hear from people who do those pods, right? Um, Brings I got an idea home. Am I breaking up? You are a little bit. We, we oh. lost you for a second. That's okay. Oh shoot. Well, I, the 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 visual or the the metaphor um, that kept coming into mind with the um, the emptiness metaphor was something that I had recently heard about the the violin only plays because it has a hollow body. Yes. Right? Yes. And if we stuff it with packing it no longer plays but we stuff our bodies with emotion and we repress things and we're basically not allowing our music to be played um and so creating these moments of emptiness um is really sort of um you know like if we can just remember the violin it's like okay well i'm not playing if yes. things are grinding right it's like i need a tuning and how do we tune we empty um so that was to me sort of the essence of um that experience 
I love that. You know, I, that's where you kind of go in and they cut the cover, right? They, yeah. I mean, I was in this tank yeah, yeah. and closed and it was pitch black and I was actually floating, being supported by the salt. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's big up here in the Pac Northwest. I mean, it's, it's like frozen yogurt shops. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I, it was the first time I'd ever done it. And um, I guess very avant-garde for our little town of Carrie to have that, I suppose. But. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I can totally see how you would love that. A Andrew um, has a certificate to go see that. I'm not so into the, like, the water like that. Mm, yeah. um, I mean, I like, I mean, I am a daily bather. Like, yeah, you, you're that's, something that, water. that's something that you and I definitely have in common. I mean, and the election week, like, I was taking two, at least two baths a day. I totally because agree. of the stress. I was like, I'm just gonna go sit in the water. <laughs> like, what? What are the essential oils? And so that's actually that's a perfect segue to reconnect to what I was saying before. Um, is that you? You're learning all of these things about plant life and uh, you know the fantastic fungi and and how the how nature is has been left behind and how to yes. re, how to infuse it. And and honestly, with a lot of my core values words, the last. I don't know, 10 years, maybe I've attached essential oils to them. So mm -hmm. like this bergamot is something that I use when I have my alone time mm -hmm. because there's something about it. I don't, I have no idea. There was no bergamot in my childhood, mm. but well, it must, it's a weed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And so I, there's just something about that smell that when I'm feeling, and it's like when I'm feeling a little down, but I really need my quiet time that helps, helps me. Right. And of course, things like lavender and frankincense help when I'm feeling a little, just yeah. a little, <laughs> or my hormones are a little crazy, you know, going to Clary Sage, things like that, yeah. but creating the connection between the emotions in each one of my values to an essential oil. And so if you're all sitting around the table and doing your rose and thorns or like Molly call or, or uh, Sarah says they do lollipops and lemons, mm, that's when they go around the table. Right. That's very fun. Uh, when you're, when you're going through that and you're doing your 11 weeks of check-ins with the values with your beloveds around the table. It's, you know, what value did you honor today? And then you can bring in the, oh, a great essential oil or herb that would support that would be, right? And so you're, you're actually creating the the red thread connections with the with the process of learning about each other, right? And so again, if there's something in your garden that you could be growing that would support your daughter, then voila, then it becomes part of that process, right? Like I know over the last three weeks, you've really talked about this, you know, this stress or, you know, maybe it's bad PMS and it's now it is time to grow something like a, a clary sage in the, in the garden. But you, you see what I'm saying? It's like, oh, you, yeah, totally. there are ways that we can truly dig in, yes. in this season and learn things. Our kids can still be learning. We can still be learning. We can be growing and connecting ourselves with each other in a deeper way. And to your point, doing what school is meant to do. Inspire curiosity. Inspire curiosity. Yes. It's yeah. so, it, I, it's so great. It's so great. Um, yeah. I love that so much. And uh, I don't think I actually read the affirmation. I mean, most everybody who's here today has, has heard it, but it really is around self-care being strategic, not selfish. And yeah. it's, uh, and the second part of the line is I will treat myself with compassion and prioritize time to lovingly care for myself. And <clears throat> I went back and looked like, when did I write this? When was this written? And this was actually uh, when I started D11 in 2012, I used to do moxie memos. That's what I called them back then, moxie yeah. memos. 
Yeah. And this was this was one of the very first ones. It was kind of it was right after the I've got coffee in my cup and gloss on my lips and sparkle in my wand. It was kind of like my little daily mantra. Yeah. Um, but this came right behind it because I realized really quickly how easy it was to sit and work for 18 hours a day as an entrepreneur. And that this the strategic side of things, I can't I, I read it somewhere. I don't remember where I read it, but I, I'll tell you, it it's really like rising up in particular in our community. I've definitely heard um, you share it and you shared it when you were at whose conference? Was it Stephanie? Stephanie Lanier. Was it Stephanie Lanier's conference where she oh, talked, yes. talking yeah. about it? And so I feel like it's, it's uh, again, coming back up. And what's interesting, like stra strategy and strategic is feels has a lot of masculine energy to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And, but then you bring in this very feminine energy of caring for our bodies and our minds and our souls. And, and it's the perfect marriage of the words. I love right? that. And, and what's strategy and care, strategy, masculine care, feminine and self is the integration of the two. That's beautiful actually. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and this is, this is the beauty of keeping journals or keeping track of things that we write because I can go back and think, I certainly wasn't thinking about it that way in 2012. <laughs> I was, I was probably reading, reading like lean startup or <laughs> lean data, lean startup. I mean, yes. you know, like yeah. that whole all. And, and back then I was really, I, most of the business books that were on my bookshelf were definitely very um, male author dominated. Oh, it looks very that. different. I mean, now, you know, every, I don't think I've ever read a business book that was actually written by a woman. Maybe I have, I don't know. Well, there, there's going to be a book that people can read about business written by a woman. <laughs> oh, yes. I did read the uh, Lean In by, uh, you know, that's, uh, what's what's her name? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, Cheryl Sandberg. I, you know, I was one of the, the, the weirdos around that whole thing. I never really connected to that book. Uh, I, I understood the concepts. Yeah. I think I think just being someone who works with very high powered, high uh, achieving women, I was like, this is just not real for them like there, there was just no way that without all the support that she wow. like that she was is truly blessed with yeah right um i i think i i appreciated her second book a little bit more but i really actually prefer the quotes and the interviews and stuff that she does like yeah. I, and so i i like her i just was like eh, with the first good with the second but everything they're doing with the organization is really awesome her interviews are fun i think they're fun i mean she's not i wouldn't say fun, like the traditional sense of fun, but like they, she really digs in and I appreciate that. Yeah. I love a good, I love watching somebody who's a really good at interviewing. Yeah. So cool. So well, speaking of like high powered women, I just, I like, um, kind of had, I got choked up today with, uh, Sue Yannicone's, uh, appointment to, you know, CEO of Real G franchise brands. That was a huge announcement for our, yes. I mean, like seriously, Hats off to you, Sue. And um, yeah, I just felt like that was such a moment of um, badassery that just wanted to call that out, you know? Yes, yes. I can't believe we waited so long to say it. Um, I, I'm trying to put together something for the Woman Up group because she's Ooh. really been a big part of, of Woman Up, of course, mm -hmm. um, since the very beginning. And she was doing the What Moves Her you know, last year. And of course, it was planning, she was planning a big road tour this year inside, you know, the, the Cobalt Banker brand. But COVID and yeah. she pivoted to, to virtual her and her team pivoted to virtual, but yeah, she's like saying to her, like lean in, she'd be like, I'm already leaning in. Like, <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, she has, a, she like Cheryl has a very supportive husband. 
Right? Yeah. And, um, I actually saw Sue's post, was it yesterday, where she was like, I never realized how sassy I was until I created a mini me. Oh, I saw that too. That was, <laughs> that was so great. <laughs> I thought that, I was like, oh my gosh, because each of the kids are so different. And I'm like, they kind of embody sort of like the best or the worst to me and the best and, you know, yes and. But um, <laughs> yay. <laughs> yeah, she's just a badass. And, you know, the thing I appreciate is, you know, we've actually been on stage a couple times together talking about EQ and the importance of EQ in business. And so, yeah. like, um, I, you know, talk about like people who my book is, I feel like is sort of written for, you know, this next generation of leaders who actually are leading with heart and, and not just numbers. Um, it's a yes. And again, it's, you know, yes. both. And, um, so seeing her step into that, um, into that position and that role and that light, um, for me just felt like, uh, another, um, gate had been kicked out, kicked open. So. Seriously, props open, props, props up, props, hands up. I don't remember. What, what do you say? Hands up. I'm not actually sure what you're, what, what, what you're saying. We can just I say, props you know, jazz hands, props, raise yeah. the roof. Yes. Um, an, another round of, I loved all of the, the memes around Madam Vice President. <laughs> or, it's right. I love yes, the, I loved the, the memes around like, there's glass on the floor, ladies. Put on your cute shoes. I, and I, I literally thought of you and I was like, Molly needs one that says, put on your docs. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I actually sent that exact message to Sue. So hopefully she's she listen, checks her in her uh, Facebook because I said, good thing I have my docs on today because, uh, you know. I oh, that's so great. Cards. Yes. So, so good. Yeah, no, but yeah. Talk about like you and I are so synced up. It's scary. We have a hive brain for sure. Yes. Uh, see, similar things happen with uh, Sarah and I as well with things that are around, uh, you know, especially around women's empowerment and what's going on with with her team or with our vision. Uh, you know, I, I think that when we are intentional about taking care of ourselves and reminding our lionesses, our lioness pride to do the same, that we actually we create a deeper connection. We don't have to be in the same room. You know, I was reading this really crazy thing. So uh, this is a new season where we talk about things like penises and vaginas in real life. We were talking about this in the green room, but I was reading this article about how um, how women's menstrual cycles are all over the place because they're normal, like pot of women that they go into the office with every month and they kind of create their cycles with. They don't have that. Yeah. And, and most women aren't living in a house with someone else who's also, you know, doing that, like going through the menstrual cycle. Yeah. And I thought, what, I mean, such, such a profound stop for me mm. to think, oh my gosh, mm. like the, uh, that's that thing, the, the tribalness of, of how, when we walk out our door, we create our cycles with these other women, um, how we can't physically do that with the pheromones. Right. But we still can do that here because I haven't seen you physically. I haven't seen Sarah physically. I haven't seen Amita in person, but we we're still all so connected. And, and even, I think, I believe, I feel in my core and in my soul on a, such a deeper level after these last 11 months. Mm. And I am grateful for that. Mm. I totally agree. I wonder if everybody's cycle will sync up with the moon then, you know? I, I don't know. I, it was really fascinating. And I went, when I went to the doctors, I guess it was a couple, whoa, like a, 10 days ago or something like that. We were talking about that because I had just read the article and then I went into my doctor and I've got the most amazing doctor. Like we, when it's not COVID, we hug, right? Mm -hmm. Like we have, a, we just have a really great connection and our insurance had changed for a couple of years. So I hadn't seen her. And so she literally comes in the room. She's like, I've missed you. I'm like, 
like really who has who has this relationship with their doctor oh, but we, what we started talking about this the the cycles and you know as i get as i'm in perimenopause and learning about the cycle changes and the hormones and unfortunately things like weight gain um she's she's saying like this is this is normal yeah like there was no shame at all when i stepped on the scale with her she was like this is normal oh yeah girl this well, is normal. And I was like, that feels so sweet. <laughs> I know, right? Well, I'm in the same exact boat, right? Because I'm totally perimenopausal and, um, you know, have all of the weird shape stuff happening that, um, and, you know, it, I had the same kind of moment with the doctor. They were like, look, you, you don't bite this. It's, it's, though, it's nature. So, you know, it's like, okay, you know, I, I can honor that, right? And again, it's about honoring the season that you are in. Yes. Right? Sort of. And, you know, it's not that I don't want to be, I mean, I certainly can do things to be more fit for my own heart health. I mean, I know I need to do that, but it's the self-care in terms of the nurturing of the body as you are and who you are right now. Um, because it's really just the vehicle of um, the, the capital S self, right? And so when we see beyond the shape and can see into the, the vessel, um, that is where, um, you know, true love comes from. So. Amen. And that's, ultimately what we're talking about today, right? And and I really hope that we have inspired those of you who are, you know, hanging out with us live, those people who will be watching the replay. What I would really love, um, whoopsie, we lost her again. Uh, what I'd really love is for, as before you go today, um, if you're watching the replay, if you're listening on the podcast, leave a comment on what you're planning to do this season during the holidays, some fun new way to infuse um, self-care. Like, what does that look like for you? And yay, I'm encouraging everyone to leave, to share ideas, right? Like, what are they doing to, sh to kind of shake up their normal self-care routine? Like, what can they do? Like, we're talking here about creating a different ritual around the Thanksgiving table and having a different conversation this year because it's a different year. And so that's a beautiful way to self-care everyone. Yeah. No, and, 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 and differentiating, like, how am I caring for my body versus how am I caring for myself? Right. Yes. And really discerning between the two and making sure the things that we're doing to take care of our body are actually different than the things that we're doing to take care of our soul. Right. Yes. And leading yes. with that instead of having it be an afterthought. Yes. Now, before um, before we close out and do some meditation, I want to ask you, is there still time if people want to send gratitude tea? Oh, 100%. Yeah, we actually were ready and stocked and loaded. And um, I definitely so I'm um, dropping it in here. Yeah, those have been really um, now is the time, you know, so people are, are doing a lot of gratitude right now. Yes. Yeah, so for those of you who didn't hear us talking about it the last couple of weeks, one of the blends that Molly has through in her company intentionalities is gratitude and they have a great gratitude gift box. We also have a promo code that is fierce, <laughs> which is awesome. I love it. So use that code and get a little, a little something, a little blessing and get these in the mail to your friends and family. Get, you know, send this. If your Grammy is in a space where she is not able to see her loved ones, get everyone on board with doing a tea on Thanksgiving because they likely have dinner at the, the assisted living. They'll have their little meal, their little Thanksgiving meal. But uh, you know what, what family, what Grammy doesn't want to be surrounded by their loved ones having tea. If it's virtual, it's, that is what it is. We cannot change that, but what a fun experience to create a gratitude tea party. So who, who in your world can you have gratitude, a gratitude tea party with next week? 
the week after, the week after that, the week after that. Like, well, and you can also just send the tea too. If you don't want, if you're looking for a less expensive option, um, you know, absolutely. There's, that's a, a great way to do that as well. And everything comes with a handwritten note. So don't forget to send that extra um, little, you know, nugget of information. Cause I, you know, that's the key is tying it back to the the connection, the humanity in it all. So. Mm, I love that. Well, and so for those of you uh, who click on that link, of course, there's all sorts of other things. She's got all sorts of great things. Um, the intentionality site is so much fun. Like it, well, it, and gratitude is now giving back to trees. So um, every time a box is sold, so we are giving 10% um, to uh, one trees and that's kind of awesome. Yay. Um, so, and that's our goodness loop. Something that we're talking a lot about in the book about knowing that where your business is taking from and making sure that you have a way to give back. And so because, you know, we ship and we have packaging, um, that is one of the reasons why we chose that organization to give back to so that we can actually continue to, you know, add new trees um, for what we're taking from. So um, that's sort of the, the goodness loop or the reasoning behind that. I love that. I love the, the goodness loops. I love the goodness loop of the equality with that we're working on um, raise, helping to raise funds for Kama and her loving me first. I love this with the trees. That's so great. I do. I do use my intentionalities boxes around my home. Yeah. I well, love them. They're such great boxes. We have little like um, ideas. I don't know if you've ever, you know, when you take out the packing, there's like, we have uh, some thoughts about yes. what to do with it because they're great for like knickknacks and stuff and to store um, and so really, if there's a way to reuse them, do, you know, everything can have a second life and purpose. And like I said, um, I have my peace candle here right now. Um, but these can't, these are tins that are wonderful little storage for, for things. Like if you have your little gemstones and you travel to, you know, keep them there and, or if you have earrings or, you know, or, or the tea, um, you know, but just think about things before we, we toss, you know? Yes, absolutely. There are always fun ways to repurpose things. Uh, Sarah just dropped a note and said, Molly, get ready for a special request. Oh, I love you, Sarah. You are seriously amazing. Um, she is an amazing gift giver. That is for sure. She has a heart of pure gold for sure. Okay. So as we, um, as we get ready to meditate ourselves out, remember this is about each one of us being in charge of our own soul tanks. No one else is in charge of making you happy or making sure that space inside you is filled. So write a list of the things that you love to do. The Whether it's activities you can do by yourself, people you love to share time with, communities that you love to serve that maybe you used to serve in person you know, in years past, still call them up. There's a lot of nonprofits out there that could use your help. Ways to help raise money in your own smaller circles that will help them. So you can still be doing those things that really do take care of your soul and your body in this season where we have maybe some more time or we're ready to invest that time. So hopefully you're all, you're all your minds are shaking. You know, it's our heart's desire to help you with that. So if you need help with ideas, Molly and I are here. <laughs> We love to ideas through them. Uh, okay. All right. Um, what are we doing to meditate today? All right. Let's find that comfortable seat, grounding through the feet. Oh, yeah. So rooting through the sitting bones, lifting through our crown. Bringing the awareness to the very tip of the nose. Just start to find that steady, even breath. I am breathing in and I am breathing out. Noticing that shift of the energies as we ground and we root. And imagine pulling our energies like we were like 
a light bulb and we're shining this light, just imagine pulling that light in right to our center through that our core along the spinal line here. And really try to pull that energy in and then directing it up into the space between our brows, our mental screen. And maybe it'll take a couple of times to try to feel like you can actually gather and pull that energy into that, into the spine and then direct it up. And when you're there and you're able to focus and pull your energies to the space between the brows, I want you to visualize sitting across from yourself in a seated position, like a mirror. And this is our highest self that we're sitting across from. And we're just gonna ask our highest self here to show us what self-care we need to work on for our highest good, for the greatest benefit in this moment, in the presence. Just ask the question. Just whatever is shown to us, just try to take note. What is it? And is it an object or an idea or a word? Is it a feeling? And just take a moment to thank our highest selves for sharing this bit of information that we can integrate into our lives. And then bring that awareness back to that nose, feeling the soft air coming in and out of the nose. Big inhale and exhale together collectively. And open eyes. And then just write down whatever, whatever it was that you saw or was given to you. And just even if it doesn't make any sense, just write it down. Um, and see if you can kind of come back to it, make some sense. But I love that. I, I want to share something with you because I, my my mom messaged me this morning that one of her really good friends inside their adult act, adult community, active adult community, it's not a retirement community, but, uh -huh. um, is is ill. And there's of course, whenever anybody's ill these days, they think COVID, right? And my mom is a warrior by by nature. She's always been somebody who fights worry. And so I sent her this, this little visualization around Care Bears. Remember Care Bears? I do. I, love, I used to love Care Bears. <laughs> I know, I, we did too. My sister and I did too. We actually had the kind where you like went to the fabric store and sewed your own like little Care oh, Bear yeah. pillows. Uh -huh, yeah. Anyways, I was telling him like, imagine you're sending her pink light from your, you know, from your heart, like a Care Bear. And I, I was so inspired by this visualization that I sent her that I went and looked up Care Bears because I thought, what the heck? Like, this is such an interesting, like, yeah. you can even find the means of things. Or was this intentional? Yes. Like, and and so I just listened to that still small voice and I, and I dug a little bit deeper. And the actual Care Bears are a manifestation from the creator of a new way to see your guardian angels. Oh. And I, like, I wept. As I was reading this, because I had just gone back and forth with Heather Fink about, you know, we don't teach our kids mindful. We didn't teach our kids mindfulness, but now we do. And I thought, you know, here actually this, I can actually go back and remember loving to sit down and watch the Care Bears and, you know, having our favorites and what, and now you can actually go in as an adult. So for those of you who are Gen Xers who loved the Care Bears, take some time 
to go look at the story of each one of those characters, like the original Care Bears, the Care Bear cousins, yeah. and and really learn about what, what the underlying message in those was, because mm -hmm. it really is quite beautiful. And this connection between guardian angels and the the whole King Arthur story, because their land was care a lot. Why are you speaking my language, girl? Right, and Avalon mysteries, you know, like yes. that is. So I'm obsessed with it. And so definitely, like, so the the guardian angels and the care bears were taken care of by the care bear cousins. Remember the lion. And, mm -hmm. um, so all of these characters really were teaching us these like subliminal messages. We just weren't using the words that we use now. And during this meditation, I, I I'm realizing I need to put some sort of angel wings in in the uh, the Moxie on Fire book. Wow. I, I like, I kept seeing it. And remember I was telling you, I, I saw something like this the yeah. last time we meditated. Yeah. Um, I, I'm loving the, the, the correlation between now, of course, the Care Bears and the pink light, the healing light, the story of the guardian angels. So um, I encourage you take some time. Uh, Sarah, like, Jules would love the Care Bears. And yes, they are all over the place. They have had, when you go to the wiki, they've had so many like relaunches. Relaunch after relaunch after relaunch. And a lot of Xers have kids right now who are, they're of course introducing the Care Bears too. So um, I I hope that inspires somebody to go look and read about the Care Bears. Well, I want to talk about all of this research I'm doing about archetypes because I'm going to be, and I'm creating a course about archetypes as a marketer. Yes. Um, but it's the same kind of stuff, right? These universal unconscious energies that we can either be aware of that they exist and they're working in our, in our behalf or or not, right? So yeah. I, I love it. Let's continue this conversation about Care Bearers yeah. and archetypes and angels. <laughs> I love it. All right, everyone, have a wonderful week. We, uh, we're we planning to be here next Tuesday. Yes, you're you're around next Tuesday. Um, but the, and we'll probably do, I'm guessing that there's something around worthiness and thankfulness that's going to be around next week. So uh, we look forward to seeing you next Tuesday. But of course, between now and then, we're here for you if you need us. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. See ya. Thank you for spilling the tea with Molly and me today. It was our heart's desire to provide a lens for focus, a place to uncover the opportunities that abound, and create a moment to embrace grace and gratitude as we celebrate the beauty that is swirling all around us. To connect with us, head on over to our current collaboration site, moxieonfire.com and sign up for updates. That's moxieonfire.com. Let's all go forth and lead with love, trust, and faith.